Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast Gang, the Practice Owners Summit. The first ever Uncharted Practice Owners Summit is sold out. There's no more spots. There is a long waiting list of people trying to get in. Um, That's uh, not going to happen for people who are not on the list this year, but... We have got some spots in our April Marketing and Strategy Conference. Guys, this is the granddaddy of them all. It is the original Uncharted uh, Conference. It is in my hometown. It is, uh, is the, it's my, it's, I love it. I just love it so much. It really is a magical place. If you've never been and you love practice growth, if you love marketing, if you love thinking about where you can go in your career and where your practice can go and what it can become, you need to be here. It really is. Uh, it's a, it's, it's so just eye opening. So anyway, I love it. There are some spots left. Head over to unchartedvet.com and grab them. They really are going to be uh, worth your while, especially if you're a regular listener to the podcast. If you love this podcast and you like uh, what Steph and I lay down, you're going to love Uncharted because uh, we just speak our culture and that's uh, that's what you hear on the podcast. So anyway, guys, with that, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me. And Stephanie, we are family goss. <laughs> oh, that might be one of my favorite ones. Oh, How's it you. going, Mandy? Mm, it's good. It's good. <laughs> We're recording this uh, mid-January, and I just learned last night that our first ever practice owner summit is 100% sold out. Woohoo! So that, that's I... a, it's, a, it's in June, and it's already sold out. And so yeah. I am super excited about that. It's going to be small. Because we want to make sure that it's perfect and wonderful. And so this will be the first year. Next year, we will definitely expand it is my plan uh, based on how it goes this year. But um, but yeah, it's exciting that it's totally sold out. It's now we just have exciting. to make it Uncharted worthy, meaning worthy of the Uncharted name. And I, I think we can. Yeah, I am. I'm super excited about this. And actually, uh, April is not sold out yet, but it's getting close as well. I think we only have a handful of spots left. So I'm super, I'm super excited. I'm excited about all of the new members who have been joining Uncharted. I've been seeing um, introduction posts and people, um, people piping up and starting to ask questions right away, which is super, super um, exciting. It's always fun to have new blood in the community. So there's, there's lots of, uh, lots of growth and lots of changes happening for us. It's growing fast. It's awesome. We've got and we've got a lot of really cool stuff in the pipeline too. So I'm very excited yeah. about that. It's been very rewarding working on Uncharted in the last couple of months. It always is, but the last couple of months we've really been laying in cool stuff. So okay. besides the fact that Uncharted is our family and we are we are family, uh, what what the hell does that have to do with our episode this morning? We got a uh, letter in the old mailbag. And if you have yeah. questions for me and Stephanie, you can send them to us. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. And just let us know what's going on and give us enough background information so that we can help. But, uh, but yeah, we got, a, we got a letter in the mailbag today. Um, and do you want to you walk through it? Yeah, this one, um, <laughs> this one hit close to home for, for mm-hmm. me, for sure. So, uh, this one is a manager. Um, and she said the backstory and, uh, and shared a little bit, maybe was worried about a little TMI overshare, but she said, you know, I'm, I'm the manager at, in a small practice, a general practice. I love my clinic. I think it's a fantastic fit for me, but I also feel like my personal life is nudging me to focus more on it. Um, she, is got some stuff going on in her personal life. Um, they're trying to start a family. And she said, you know, I really feel like I need to spend time balancing there. And so um, I want to continue to help the clinic grow. She actually said she joined Uncharted and paid for it completely on her own because she really wants to grow herself professionally. She also wants to turn turn it around and take it back to her clinic and help her clinic continue to grow and be amazing. So she can't stand the thought of leaving her clinic, but she's really struggling with 
the restrictions of being a full-time manager in practice. And she's trying to figure out how to have a little bit of work-life balance and find the happy medium there. Yeah, cool. We've um, we got a podcast. It's it's an earlier podcast. It's called "My Boss Rolls His Eyes So Hard at Work Life Balance." I think that's what it's called. I don't remember what episode number it is, but uh, but it's earlier on. I yeah. like that one a lot. I think I would refer people back to that for sure if you uh, if you're having that problem of talking to the boss about work life balance. <laughs> the truth is that none of us are getting any younger, yeah. and you only get to ride this ride of life one time. You know. And so I think we all, we're all having to make, to make choices. I've said before, I don't really like the term life balance because it gives this feeling of you're, you're supposed to do X number of hours of this and X number of hours of that and X number of hours of this every day. And if you don't, then your life is out of balance. And I've never found that to be the way that life works. I I look at it more like the tides in the ocean where sometimes we work a lot and sometimes we fall back and we don't work as much and we spend more time with family. And, you know, um, I found that to be sort of a healthier look at, at how these things kind of tend to work out in actuality. I I, I like the term self-care more than work-life balance. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think we're all trying to find self-care. One of the things that I always talk about with self-care, and this goes back to that first episode these decisions that she's talking about in self-care, you you do self-care three months in the past, which means the decisions that you made three months ago are the ones that are dictating your schedule, like your life balance right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see people who, um, it's totally fine to have self-care and, and to make boundaries and, and to have these thoughts and things like that. I think that that's great. I think you should do that. I think that we need to balance that with doing what we say we're going to do and maintaining our responsibilities. You know what I mean? I think it's totally valid to say, I have these life priorities. I have things I need to change, you know, so that I'm, so that I'm in a good place so that I'm taking care of myself and doing what's important. I don't think you can say that in a text message on Monday morning that says, I'm not coming in today because right. this, you know what I mean? Right. And so yeah. I'm glad that she's having these thoughts now so that we can start to figure out in 2020, how are we going to alter her career or what she's doing to get her where she wants to be? So that's the first thing that I want to say is you can totally do this. We can totally do this. It's on a bit. It, it, it takes some time. You know, so let's just go ahead and plan on the next three to six months. We will start figuring out how to transition to a more robust home life. I think sometimes people wake up, they, they don't say anything until they're completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And then they go, oh crap, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to make a radical change this week or next week. And that throws everyone into chaos and it gives work-life balance a bad reputation, I think. And I, I think um, I have to, and I have to admire this person in the level-headed way that I think that she is choosing to approach this. Um, on a personal level, I know that I had a very similar experience earlier, um, early on in my career, and I did not approach it um, in the level-headed way. I um, had had gotten married the year prior and we were talking about starting a family and I was working, um, as a practice manager in a small clinic and I was wearing all of the hats and being all of the things to all people. And I was completely overwhelmed. Um, and I was struggling with fertility and I actually, um, had a series of miscarriages and I, um, was complete. I was in that position that you just talked about. I was completely overwhelmed. And I literally made that rash decision where I walked into, I, I got so overwhelmed. I got to the point where I said, I, ha- I, I have to, I literally have to walk away from this. I can't do this anymore. And I walked into the practice and I gave my notice and I said, I, I can't do this anymore. And I think um, in hindsight, it was actually the, it was the right decision and the right time, but it was the first time in my career where I had made a decision 
that was very in the moment like that. I am a, I am a planner. I am a mm-hmm. let's think three to six months ahead kind of person. But I got to the point where I was so completely overwhelmed that I didn't know what else to do. Yep. And so I think this per I I really admire the way that this person is is approaching it because she really cares about where she is at. She cares about the work family that she's created. She wants to. Um, she feels like this is the right place for her. And so she's asking, how do I, how do I fix that? How do I make, um, that better? And so I think if you can come at it from that place, the outcome, um, is usually a lot better than if you have to come at it from a place of overwhelm and panic where you're making decisions that you may or may not, um, think are the right decisions when you get down the road a ways and have some perspective on it. Right. And, and just to be open and candid, the default is to keep your head down until you're overwhelmed and you panic. And yeah. that, that is, that is the default place. So I, I just yeah. want to agree with what you're saying of looking ahead and going, I'm feeling my priorities change and I'm starting to have these concerns. How do I evolve to get where I want to be. I think that's one that, that is wonderful, but I don't want to shame anybody who feels like they are overwhelmed or they are burned out and now they're in a hole and they have to get out that. I think that's a different episode. Uh, we've got actually got a podcast called help. I'm totally overwhelmed. <laughs> and I think that that is a good episode to talk about that headspace. So, all right, cool. So I completely agree. Let me, let me put one more point on this sort of opening section here before we really get into into some action steps. <clears throat> I I believe that the meaning of life comes down to three things. Okay? Do things that are enjoyable and rewarding because you only get to ride through one time and minimize the things that are not enjoyable and rewarding in your life. Right? That's it. Help other people do the same. Right. Like that's it. Try to make other people's life journey better by letting, you know, giving them opportunities and lifting them up so that they can have a more rewarding, meaningful life and take them away from the things that are painful and take them away from suffering. Like, like I believe that make the, make the world a better place is, is number two. And then number three is, um, you want to have friends who will be there for you when the chips are down. And you want to be that person for others. So do things that are fun and meaningful and move yourself to a place to get away from things that are not fun and meaningful, right? Make the world a better place, lift up other people and get them out of those holes. And the last thing is have the friends that will be there when the chips are down and be that for other people. So those, those are kind of my, my three things about what I think the meaning of life is. And I can have a long story to get there and I can deliver that more eloquently than I just did. But, um, but know that that's what I believe. And so when you hear that, one of the things you probably know about me is I am not going to tell you work, you work no matter what or blow right. off this family thing. But I will also right. tell you that work is meaningful. And I love that right. medicine. One of the reasons I love that medicine so much is it is, it can be very rewarding work. You know, like when you talk about the meaning of life, we help people and we help innocent pets and we actually do make the world a better place. And most other people don't do that. You know, people working at McDonald's or, you know, um, you know, running uh, AV cables in hotels. I don't know that they go home and go, man, made the world a better place today. Really help that family out. Like, I don't know they have that. And we do have that. So I, I do love that medicine. Um, but it's all about balance. I can't wait until some AV geek like myself or Mike Falconer listens to this episode and goes, hold my beer a second, Andy Rourke. Let me tell you why I love my job and yeah. why I make the world a better place. Not not saying it's it's bad. Just saying. We do have a pretty amazing, a pretty amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the way that we look at it and stuff. And when you burn out, you don't see that, you know, yeah. so I, it's perspective. Yeah. Um I, so let me sort of lay my cards on the table here. I work a lot. You know, I have worked a lot for 11, 12 years now since vet school. I worked a lot in vet school, of course, you know, we all do, but you know, 12 years of, I'm on the road a lot. I run uncharted, you know, I write for Dr. Any work. We run all the things that we do. And then I still practice. 
Uh, and I have two kids and my oldest just turned 12 years old. So, you know, I have a, a, an eight year old and a 12 year old daughter. And so family is very important to me as well. And so, you, you know, I, I've wrestled with these things um, a lot. And so that idea of thinking about what you enjoy and what you want to do more of and trying to do more of that and realizing what you don't enjoy or what you're not good at or what doesn't, you know, fill your cup and figuring out how to minimize that. That's really been the key for me for a decade. Um, I think if you are listening this to this podcast and you're like, wait, are they talking about me right now? Or this is, this is resonating with you. Um, I know for me, particularly as a female in veterinary medicine, um, but also as, as a mom in veterinary medicine or someone who wants to become a mom, um, I think I was in this place of feeling very overwhelmed and feeling like I need to make a change in my life. And I had the opportunity to um, hear someone speak whose book I had read. Um, and there's a book called The Fringe Hours, and it's by Jessica Turner. Um, and she's a she's mom. And uh, she has a full time career woman as well. And she wrote this book about exactly what we're talking about, feeling really overwhelmed, feeling like you're there's never enough of you to go around. And how do you how do you prioritize? How do you figure out what are the things that are important to you? And I heard her speak um, at a time in my career where I was feeling that overwhelmed. And you guys, I literally was sitting in the back of this um, of this room. It was a huge conference hall. And I'm literally sobbing while she's talking because I'm like, she's up there on the stage talking about me and about how, how miserable I was and about how I wanted to figure out how to balance all of the things. Um, and, and reading the, the book was a, was a big change for me because the reality is you can't do all things and be all things to all people. And at some point you have to decide not how are you going to balance it, but exactly what you said, Andy, how are you going to divide the time? Because you you will have to make a decision, but it's not about creating balance. It's not about I'm going to give 50 hours here and I'm going to give 50 hours there. And that's all the hours I have. It's about what are the things that are most important to you and pooling more of the time um, into the things that are important to you and or how do you take the things that are important to you and make them quality time for the most of the time that you, that you have with it. So just like you as a working parent, there are some days where I get home and I literally get to see my kids for 15 or 20 minutes before they go to bed. And yeah. I could choose to feel really, really shitty about that. I could choose to feel like I'm the worst parent in the world because I get to spend 15 minutes with my kids. Instead, I choose to look at it and say, I'm going to make the most out of those 15 or 20 minutes that I have with them. And we snuggle uh, I, and they tell me about I'm their day. Start, start by, I'm going to make the most of that 15 or 20 minutes. I'm going to make the most out of that 15 minutes that I can. I'm going to crawl into bed. We are going to snuggle. We're going to read a bedtime story. I'm going to hear about their day. And I'm going to maximize every second of that 15 minutes um, because I am making the time that we do have together count. Yeah, that I, I thought a lot about that because exactly, I'm exactly the same way. And I when I go on the road, I... I, I'm in a hotel room by myself. Of course, I'm by myself. I shouldn't have to say that. I'm by myself in a hotel room. Uh, I don't. I don't have a party. No one has come uh, hanging out with me. Um, good God! So I, I am hanging out alone in a hotel room, um, and it's lonely. And I think about my kids going to bed, and I'm not yeah. there. You know, and so that that sort of loneliness sets in and that's where that sort of metaphor I said earlier about not work-life balance, but tides of the ocean. So the yeah. way that what helps me is when I get home and I've got 15 minutes, I totally want to make the most of that 15 minutes. But the way I get away from beating myself up is that I say, you know what, this is high tide right now. I am working really hard. I am going to make sure there's a low tide. You know, and I am going to work to make that happen, which means I may see my kids for 15 minutes every night this week, but this right. weekend, buddy, I'm not, right. you know, I'm not working for anybody else. I'm not going to the, to the, I don't know, the neighborhood association thing. I'm not going to, um, the, the picnic, uh, for work. 
Uh, yeah, what, what, like whatever it is, I'm, 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 I am, I've been on the road. This is my time. It's going to be low tide and I'm going to have a plan for doing stuff with the kids. So I'm not like at home, you know what I mean? When trapped there and they're running amok, it's like, oh no, we're going to the zoo on the first day. And the second day we're going as a family to do an escape room and, you know, and then we're going to cook dinner together. We're going to grill out or whatever, you know, whatever we're going to do. But that's sort of the high tide and the low tide is it helps me to feel okay about those 15 minute nights. If I go, this is just high tide, but I am going to make sure that there is a low tide coming up and I am going to really invest into that to, to make sure these relationships are where I want them to be. Yeah. So if we're thinking about we're we're in the headspace where we're spending some time really, really, I think it is important to spend the time to figure out what is important to you. Where do you need to spend your time? What is, what do you want to spend um, with the quality time doing? The real crux of the question that was posed to us was, I love this clinic. I'm super passionate about what we're doing. I care about them. I want to be here. How do I figure out how to create some sort of way that I can have a role, an integral role in this practice, but not necessarily maintain the full-time manager schedule that I have been having because that is the part that is killing me or that is the part that is making me not be able to, to pursue the things that I want to pursue, whether it's, you know, traveling the world with your partner or, you know, spending time with your family, whatever it is for you on a personal level, how do you, how do you make that happen? So there's, there's two headspace things for me, and then I'll get into the actual exercise that I, that I use and have used for years. So the, the headspace thing for me is number one, I need to look at my self-identity. And I think this trips a lot of people up when we're talking about taking more time for ourselves, moving away from the clinic, being at home. One of the things that holds a lot of us back is that we say, I am a veterinarian. Like, that's what I am. That's who I am. How, how can I work three days a week? Because, you know what I mean? Like, that negate, like, I'm a veterinarian. That means that I work 50 hours a week. That's what veterinarians do. And I'm in the clinic every day. And it's funny, I know people who don't change their schedule because of their self-identity. The way they see themselves is as a full-time working person. And there's no reason they have to be that way. There's no reason they have to work five days instead of three days other than they have told themselves a story in their mind about who they are. And dropping down to part-time somehow negates that story or doesn't fit with that story so they don't do it. And so you have two options here. You can continue to work full time to support the narrative, your self-identity, what you what you tell yourself that you are. Or uh, option two, you can reevaluate your self-identity and decide who you are and then change your schedule guilt-free because you still are a veterinarian. You you still are a manager, you still are a leader. You just look different professionally than you did before. And so that's the first thing is evaluate your self-identity. What decisions are you making because they're the best decision? What decisions are you making about because you have a story you tell yourself about who or what you are? Right. And so just, again, the seeing that and saying, what is my self-identity? How do I see myself? How is it affecting this decision? That is a valuable thing just to put on the table. I'm not telling you to make a change, just telling you to look at that because it holds a lot of people back. And if you say, you know what, that's not what it means to be a veterinarian anymore, or that's not what it means to be a veterinarian with young kids at home, right? Or that's not what it means to be a veterinarian who um, has other interests, or that's not what it means to be a veterinarian who is financially stable. And I don't have to work at the clinic 50 hours a week and I have other interests like Again, self-identity. So that's number one is self-identity. Number two, stop thinking that your decisions are a permanent reflection of who you are and who you will always be, right? You are not, and it's so funny. People go, you know, Andy, I'm thinking about going to part-time. And in their mind, they're like, I'm thinking about going part-time forever. 
ever with no chance of going full-time again, no chance of going less than part-time. I am going to tattoo part-time across my chest (laughs) and that's what I will be permanently forever. And it's like, no, that's what you'll be for the next three months. Right. That's what you'll be for 2020. You will be part-time for 2020 and then you're going to see how it goes. Right. And if that's unrewarding, you come back. Right. And if you, you know, and if you go, look, I, I really, I'm finding other passions that I want to grow and evolve. And I'm not trying to talk you into leaving practice. I love practice. I hope you'll stay there. And if practice owners pulling their hair out right now when he's telling our people to leave, I'm not, but I'm also saying the practice owner, just because somebody wants to go part-time doesn't mean they want to go part-time forever. You know, um, there's a lot of us who go part-time when our kids are young and then they come back when, um, my wife, when we had our first daughter, uh, she is a, she's a research scientist. She is a tenured professor at a very good university. She's very, very smart and accomplished. She's always worked. But the first year that our daughter was born, so when she was a baby and I was working as uh, as a veterinarian in my first job, she had a postdoc position where she could work from home. And so she took a year and she worked from home. Mm-hmm. She hated it. She didn't. She hated it. Other, other people love it. I'm not knocking it. My wife hated it. She did it. She, she was lonely. You know, she, she felt I, we had moved to a new place. She felt isolated. She wasn't professionally fulfilled, creatively fulfilled. She hated it. And she could not wait to go back, um, and get back into a university and get back into a laboratory. And so after a year, she, that's what she did. You know, she got, she, she got a, a new job as a, as a professor and she went back to work and that was it. So she did this thing for a year. She just, she learned a lot about herself and about what she wanted. And, and a lot of it just confirmed what she already thought. And then she adjusted. So we can make all of this so much easier if we change our, our mentality away from this is a decision that I am making for the rest of my life to, hey, I'm thinking about trying a new thing and I want to see how it goes and we're going to learn from it. And it just takes so much pressure off of you. So again, if you can say, what is my self-identity? What stories am I telling myself? Because those can easily be changed. And then I'm making a temporary decision and I'll go back if I don't like it. And that's fine. Well, and I think we either, I think, I think human nature, we, we have a tendency to either based off of our own self-identity we identify shoulds like we feel like we should do things or because of a role that we're in we feel like this this role is defined that way and so I think um it's very easy to look at this is the box that I must be in I am a practice manager and that's what this looks like and this is what that looks like and therefore I should do all of these things and it's really hard to step back and say why do I have to be in the box who yes what I'll get out. How do I see beyond the box? When you're in the box, it can be really hard to do that. So I think where you have to start is trying to figure out what does the box look like and how do you think outside of it? Yes, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I completely agree with that. We say this is what it means to be the practice manager and and, and I'm in, you know what I mean? Or, or I'm out. It's either you do all of these things or you're not the practice manager. And I'm like, right. that is a construct. That is a right. thing that you made up. That is, again, that is a narrative that you have told yourself or that someone right. else has told you, right? Right. That is a construct. And you, I'm, I consider myself very lucky for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons that I'm very lucky is because you are a dear friend. And I have the privilege of being able to, when I find myself in spots like this, pick up the phone and call you and get some perspective. And you you and I have had this conversation. You're welcome. You and I have had this conversation about me because I have had multiple moments in the time we've known each other where I have felt like, uh, I am about to have a train wreck. How do I, (laughs) how do I fix this part of my life? And so you have always had a really great way of getting me to think about what do I want? What are the things that are important to me? Um, you have this process that you kind of work through and you always put me through it. And I think it's super helpful. And I think that it would be helpful if 
you shared some of that with our listeners. Sure. Well, I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm happy to do that. You know, you, you do a thing that I think a lot of people do where you, you definitely think a lot about what you should be doing. You know what I mean? Um, and I should do this. I should do that. And you, you definitely have a narrative in your mind about, I will do all the things and I will make everything work. And that is a thing that I love about you, but it is all, it is your strength and your kryptonite at the same time. I hope you're okay with me saying this publicly. A hundred percent. Yeah. But like, you know, it comes from a place of love, Um, Uh but you are, and I, and I, I know that about you, you know what I mean? And so that's why you and I work together is like, I know that it makes you wonderful. And I know that it also, uh, it also trips you up a lot. You know what I mean? And, And so what you should do is a big thing. You do this thing, and then I'll get into the exercise. You do a thing that so many uh, of us do, right? Especially the process people, the manager people. Like, this is a trick that your organizational brain plays that my um, squirrel-chasing brain gets, <laughs> gets, gets away from, right? This is something right. that I naturally tend to do better right. with because of the flighty nature of my brain. So it's I call it... Um, in sequence problem solving versus out of the box problem solving. Mm -hmm. And so the way I say is this, so think about, so imagine a day, right? And it's, um, it's Thursday and it's five 15 and my last appointment is in. And, um, and this did happen. So I, um, I aspirated a lump on this dog's leg and it just didn't aspirate very well. Right. And so I just didn't get stuff. And I'm like, I don't like the fact that I'm not getting an aspirate out of this mass and this person in this leg. And right. the owner got very concerned. And, and, and I said, I was just honest with her. I really don't like this. And, and she got really worried. And she's like, can we take x-rays and see if, if this, if there's other masses, other places? And I said, yeah, sure. We'll take some x-rays of the abdomen. We'll look at the lymph nodes. We'll look at the chest. We'll see if there's any signs of, of spread. And so I walk out and it's five is at this point it's five 30. We close at six and, um, the x-ray machine has been shut down. Right. And so the tech says, well, we have to, the x-ray machine is shut down. And so I say, well, let's turn it back on. Right. And then she goes, well, it has to warm up. And I said, well, we'll wait for it to warm up and then we'll take this. And she goes, well, I have to leave tonight because my daughter has a thing and I have to get her from daycare. So I can't be here. And I said, okay, well then do we have someone who is scheduled to be here or who can be here? Well, yes, Amanda can be here. And so I said, Amanda, can we stay and take these x-rays? I can, but I have to got my husband and get him to pick up dinner for this thing that I'm supposed to go to. And, you know, and it just, I kept solving problems, right? It was, here's the thing. The x-ray machine is shut down. Turn it back on. I can't stay late. Let's find someone else who can. I can stay late, but I have to make this other thing. Okay, great. Let's make this other (laughs) phone call. And you guys have seen this exact thing. This is in series problem solving. Here's a problem. I'll solve it. And there's another problem. I'll solve that one. I'll solve this one. I'll solve this one. I'll solve this one. Right? Okay. Here's another alternative. Let's not take the x-rays today. Let's go back in the room and tell her to come back in the morning and we'll have everybody, everything ready to go. Right. That's out of the box thinking of, you know, what's out of the box. Let's just not do this right now. It's we're not, this is not a good time. We are shut down for the night. Everybody's trying to leave this dog. Nothing is going to happen between tonight and tomorrow. Let's just do this tomorrow. And that's the example I use for out of the box versus in series. It's not a radical idea of let's do this tomorrow, but we don't think about it. Because we go, we're going to get this done. And we put our head down and we go this and this and this and this and this. Right. And, and that's often the thing with this whole, like, I'd like to step back from management. Well, who's going to do this? And who's going right. to do that? And who's going right. to do this? And how am I going to get this done? And you're 100%. doing in-series problem solving as opposed to saying, I am going to reimagine my position here. And I will do some things that I'm doing now and I'll do other things that I'm not doing now that I can do from home and maybe we'll offer new services or I'll do new things. Mm-hmm. But I am going to reimagine my position instead of saying, how do I do all of the things I do right now from afar? Yeah. Is, yeah. Does that, does that make sense the way I'm explaining uh, it? It a hundred percent makes sense. And I think, um, I, I think you, um, I think you nailed it, especially for managers, because we're so used to in serious problem solving because mm-hmm. all day long we go from fire to fire to fire to fire. Right. And so that are, we have trained our brains to think that way. Mm-hmm. And you are a hundred percent right when you say that this is, this is something that I do and I struggle with. And it's because that process part of my brain 
go, I go there and it's just the natural tendency. And I struggle sometimes to flip it on its head and say, wait a second, we can have this client come back tomorrow and take x-rays or we can, um, you know, figure out what things I can do from home and create a new, a new job or a new role yeah. or whatever it is. Like it's, it's hard sometimes, particularly for managers, I think to step outside of that. And that's, that's part of why I love being able to talk to you, but also to be able to run through, um, and the exercise that you, um, put yourself through and that you put me through and that you share with the, um, the uncharted community in particular, because it's really hard sometimes to think outside of that box. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The, the, the pitfall is I'm going to step back to spend more time with my family. How do I do all the things that I have been doing in 50 hours in 25 hours from, you know, in 25 hours? And the answer is you don't, you don't, you don't do that job (laughs) as it has been described in 25 hours. You can't, you, you need to recreate that job and we'll need to uh, delegate some things and figure out other ways to get things done. We need to think about a new position and what it looks like. All right. So that brings us to the exercise. Here's what I do. I use this for myself. I teach this uh, to other people. I call it a personal strategic planning session. So what I do is I get a piece of paper and I make three columns on it. I put a heart at the top of one column. Um, I put a, a me over the middle column and I put a uh, usually just two pluses uh, on the third column. The heart is the things that I do that I love, right? Uh-huh. The things that, that for the, the me column are things that only I can do. I am the only one who can, um, I'm the only one who can do this podcast with you. You know what I mean? Right. Like I get on and I talk about these things that are sort of my philosophy and I can't have Jamie Holmes, who is brilliant and wonderful. She can't get on and do the podcast in my stead and have it be the same thing. You know, only I can do that. I would put the podcast under things I love, but let's just say that, that I did not put it under things that only I can do. And the last is everything else that I do. The plus plus column, I put everything else that I do there. And the reason I do this is it makes you think about the parts of your job, what you love, what you don't want to give up. That's the plus, the heart column is I don't want to give these things up. They make my job meaningful. I, I like doing them. I'm going to hold on to as many as I can. The right. me column are things that are really hard for me to delegate because I am the one who does these things. Yeah. And the last column is everything else. Those are the things that are easy to delegate. Those are the things that other people could do. And I keep this list out. I keep it on my desk for a couple of days. Because you keep finding things. You're like, oh, I forgot that on Thursday I need to do this. And oh, yeah, once a month I have to do this thing. And so you won't think of those things when you first sit down to do it. So I I make it a living list and I do it for a couple of days. And then I've got got categories. I love this. I don't want to give it up. This is really hard for me to give up. And this is uh, is stuff I can give away. Well, then I start to take the column, the can give away column, the everything else. And I cluster those things together. So if uh, social media posts are on there and responding to social media messages is on there and uh, sending the client newsletter is on there and maintaining the website is on there, those go together really nicely into a little marketing position. And perhaps one of my technicians would like to be our marketing manager or our marketing director. And we say, you're doing social media posts, you're responding to social media requests, you're updating our website, and you're sending out the newsletter. Um, And here's a little bump in pay and this responsibility, whatever. You know what I mean? I just made a little position that someone would like to have. And I just took all that stuff off my plate and I gave it away. You know what I mean? And I can just rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. And so that's how I come up with the core essence of my job. What do I want to keep? What do I want to keep doing? Well, and I think knowing that is so important to what ultimately has to be the final step, which is at some point you're going to have to sit down and have a conversation with your boss about what you want and what you need. And so if you take the time and energy to kind of think through things with a very clear, rational head and analyze your job a little bit and think about what are you already doing? And then I think the other piece of it is to daydream a little bit and think about what could you do? What other things does your clinic need? Where could you be creative and not necessarily um, not necessarily have it fit into the current role, you know, working eight to mm-hmm. five or whatever your, whatever your schedule is? Um, 
what is what does that look like? I think having taking the time to do both of those things and setting it aside and coming back to it and having a really clear head and and the perspective of having done that will will be very, very helpful in the next step, which is at some point you have to have a conversation with your boss sure. and whether that's a, you know, a practice administrator or a hospital, uh, a, the practice owner or whoever that is, you have to set aside some time to sit down and have a conversation, um, with them about he, just human to human. What do, what do you, what do you want? Yeah, no, I agree. So let, let me flip this around a little bit too. I love the exercise to drill down into, these are the things that I want to keep doing. This is what my part-time job looks like. The things that I love and the things that only I can do. Right. And then we start to, we start to think about what are services I could do from home if I want to spend more time at home and we brainstorm those. So the example I used before, the social media posts, the responding to social media messages, the newsletter, the website update, guys, that may be stuff that we're not doing in the practice, but I could say, Hey, look, I would like to take these things on or I could do these things from the practice knowing I can 100% do them from home. I can use the scheduler on social media. You know what I mean? I can do them after my kids have gone to bed. Like that's the type of stuff I go, our practice is not doing these things, but I can do them. I can do them from home. I can add this value. You know, that's a great example of thinking creatively about what are we not doing that I could do in the lifestyle that I want to have or in the new position I'm creating. And I introduce those things. All right. Mm-hmm. So the question that often comes up is that people say, I'm thinking about this. I, you know, this is something that, that I really want to do. Should I tell my boss, my boss is, you know, what if they get upset? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> my, my thing is this, like, you, first of all, you need to be smart because you never, we never exactly know how other people are going to react to what we say or what we do, you know? The big thing for me is what is kind, right? Because I always want to be kind and I want to be fair. So if you are thinking about leaving or you're thinking about going to part-time or things like that, rather than showing up in their office and going, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about going part-time. And by thinking, I mean starting next week, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Uh, The kindest thing is to tell your boss where your head's at. And say, you know what, this is, I'm not, this is not imminent, but I am thinking that I would like to be spending more time at home. This is important to me. I have some personal things going on. I want you to know that that's where my head is. And I am interested in trying to transition to spending less time at the practice and figuring out ways to work more from home or things like that. Right. And if you have a good boss, especially a boss that you trust, hopefully you have a good relationship that's the most productive conversation you can have because then it sort of gets them on board at an early stage. It lets them know, Hey, my manager, Stephanie is going to be looking to make some changes. Um, I can need to start thinking about what that would look like and, and you know, where this is sort of going to go. When you go in and you have this conversation, you want to know what outcome you want to achieve. This is not something I just throw out like, Hey, I don't really know what I want. But I'm not feeling real happy with life in general. Just thought you should know. Like, right. that's not a good conversation to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. know what's, but know I, what, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, you're 100% right. That's not a good conversation to have. I do think that it is important to not necessarily, um, you don't need to be friends with your boss, but you're a human being and they care about you and you care about them. And so I think bringing that element of like, hey, this is this is something that matters to me. This is really important to me. And being honest and kind to yourself is the smartest thing that you can do in in the long run. Yeah. And remember, there's a difference between being kind and being a pushover, right? I'm not saying that you're going to your boss and asking permission because this is your decision, you know, and you, right. you know, yeah, this is your decision. This is your life. This is your yep. decision. Yep. So I'm not saying you're going to the boss and saying, Hey, would you be okay if I did this? Right. The conversation is more, I want you to know where my head is yep. and kind of what I'm thinking for the future. 
so that you can be aware and maybe we can collaborate on the best way to make this happen as the boss. I want that. I, I would appreciate you coming to me and saying, I need you to let me know, or I'm here to let you know, this is what I'm thinking, or this is where I'm going rather than just being like, Hey, I decided to leave and here is the terms and I am going, or I, I can't be here and work 50 hours anymore. So I'm leaving. And I would go, Stephanie, we could have, we could have figured something out. You know, we could have figured something out. It could have supported you, you know, um, we, we could, we could have tried some things, but now I don't have that opportunity because you didn't give me that opportunity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the worst case is you come and you tell me and say, Hey, this is where my head is. And I go, well, I'm not doing that. And you go, okay. And then you continue to do what, you know, then you do go ahead and leave or you do go ahead and just right. say, I'm going part-time or I'm going no time. You get to change. Right. Right. Well, and I think, uh, I think a big key is that I think you have to know what's reasonable and that, and it's interesting to me because I've had this conversation um, actually with other managers in the past who have been like, well, you know, I want some work-life balance. So I only want to work 30 hours a week, but I want to get paid for 40 hours a week. Like I want to, I want to work 30 hours, but I, I don't want my salary to change. So I just want to actually work 30 hours. That's not a thing. Like that's not not how life works. And so I think it really is important to kind of think through what is it that is important to you? What do you want? And then I think it is also very important to understand that you have to be reasonable and you have to be professional and you have to think about what um, the, the side effects, if you will, not necessarily I mean, sometimes the consequences, but really what the consequences of your choices are going to be. And so, you know, if you're like, hey, I only want to work part time and but you don't want your salary to change or you don't think your salary should change. Be prepared for a rude awakening when your boss says, OK, that's cool. I want to support you. I want you to work part time. Let's talk about what that looks like in terms of changing your salary. But you should be prepared for that conversation. So you have to know what is reasonable in terms of what you're asking as well. Totally. I like to look at these conversations. This is just an important mental gymnastic that I do. I look at these conversations as a mutually beneficial problem-solving exercise. Mutually beneficial problem-solving exercise. I have a problem. It is that, or there is a problem, and it is that I need to make these changes in my life or that I'm feeling this way, and and this is what's really, truly important to me. I would like to work with you to solve this problem in a way that is mutually beneficial. This is not me saying, you know what, I want you to pay me exactly what you're paying me, and I'm going to do half as much work and spend half as much time here. That's not mutually beneficial. That's singularly beneficial. That's me doing very well. Right. (laughs) But, you know... It, maybe there are things, you know, maybe there's a way to work this out where everyone is happy. You right. know, th- th- that's it. Maybe, yeah, th- maybe the practice owner is getting services they didn't get before as far as right. uh, customer service I can do from home, you know, the way that I, that I communicate, do things like that. I, I don't know. And then maybe they're able to delegate things that I am weak at to other people. I mean, it's just, it's definitely possible to do this. Maybe we, well, i tell you, I, I, at one point, I was, I was working full-time, uh, obviously, as a veterinarian, and then I was, I was starting to travel more and speak more. I was doing more consulting and things at the time. And I went to my boss, and we'd been, we'd been slow. And I said, hey, I'm interested in cutting back my hours by 20%, and I'll take a 20% pay cut to go with it. And she said, oh, thank God. That's awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. If I, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, right, if I can yeah. save the money that I'm – if I save 20% of what I'm paying to Rourke – and he works yeah. 20% less and we're, we got vets standing around. That's right. great. Yeah. Suddenly I, I it's one less vet standing around right. and, and other people can handle like we are not swamped in work and I yeah. save that money and they, and we high-fived. It was great. It opened yeah. me up to do the things that I wanted to do, to be at home with my little kids more, to travel to conferences and do that stuff and sort of start to do right. the Dr. Andy work stuff that I do now. And it was great for them because it, it cut their expenses down and, um, and, and made things more financially manageable. Well, and that's where I think if you're, if you, if you be honest and you be transparent with your boss, like that's where you create the opportunity to find what is going to be mutually beneficial for 
you as a as a pair, as a as a clinic, as a as a group. Um, if you come at it from a perspective of what's what's important to me, not to say that this person is doing that because I think she's doing the polar opposite because she's asking all the questions, mm-hmm. right? She's thinking it through. Oh, totally. She's already planning it, what she's going to do. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. Right. Yeah. If you come at it from a place of being honest and transparent, knowing what's reasonable, knowing the outcome that you want to achieve, what's important to you, and you can have that honest conversation, it makes it a lot easier to work together to find a solution. And, um, I think, I think the important part to me, I know when I was going through this is to know what you want, know what your outcome is going to be. And then I, I set some reasonable expectations for myself. And I said, this is baby steps, right? Like I'm not going to go from working 70 hours a week to working 20 hours a week. That's an unrealistic expectation unless I resign from my job altogether. Like that's not going to happen. So what are some baby steps that I can do? to feel good about what is happening and to feel like I have some balance and like I'm not drowning. What are those things that I can do? And then set up a timeline, set up a plan for what do you guys want to have happen? How does that look? How do you do it over the long term? And then ultimately recognizing that it may go according to plan and it may be great. And you may be able to find a way to stay in your clinic and in your role and transition to a, to a new role and live happily ever after. That is, that is the best possible outcome. And it's one that I hope for, for all of my friends who are in this position. And on the flip side, you also have to set some, set some boundaries that involve prioritizing yourself. And if you get to a point down the journey where you've made the baby steps and it's still not working the way you need it to, it is also okay to say, I, this is not working for me. This is what I need and readdress the, the conversation um, with them. Yeah, totally. I agree. That's all I got. I, I think, I think that's, that's great advice. Do you have anything left to add? No, I, I just, um, I just say, I feel you. I think a lot of, a lot of us feel this way. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of the reasons why we, get to the point where we feel this way have to do with um, being inside the box. And so I think we all need to push ourselves to get out, out of the box and think outside of it a little bit more. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for doing this with me, Steph. Yeah. I'll see you next week. Take care. See you soon. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. And that is our episode gang. I hope it was useful. I hope it was helpful. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it made you laugh. Uh, a little bit if you have questions for me and stephanie we're happy to take them email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com that's podcast at unchartedvet.com give us enough background so that we can dig into the problem if you want to use an alias i love it when people do that so uh you will you can definitely be anonymous that's super easy uh but we are happy to try our best to help if you're enjoying the podcast please 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 just take a couple of moments and rate us on iTunes. Just an honest review on iTunes means the world. It's how people find us. It really helps us out a ton. That's all that I ask. Gang, take care. Be well. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week.